Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway, a United Methodist community in Portland, Maine. If you live locally, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Visit our website at www.hopegateway.com to learn more. But whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. about community practices and what it means to be a church community and this is the the week every year where we decide if we want to commit to stick with it for another year and so the scripture that we're looking at is just a a 2,000 year old example of this kind of community practice so I did not dig anything into first Peter and will not tell you anything about it Um, but it's a really, to me, it was really helpful and hopeful to know that churches have been talking to each other about how they want to be in relationship with each other, literally for millennia. Um, and it's never, or at least this advice is not super heady. It's really practical. Like, how do they want to be in relationship? And that's what we're also going to be talking about today. So uh, this piece of scripture says, stay awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and God will get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. Encores to the end of time, oh yes. So we're gonna hear from a couple of folks about the sort of areas of practice that we have for our community. Um, So you'll hear little bits from folks and keep this piece in in mind that for thousands of years as churches, we've been trying to figure out how to do this and how to be in community. The first, Courtney. Hello, good morning. So, let me just put this here. Um, So, when Sarah asked me to talk this morning um, about one of Hope Gateway's community practices, I volunteered to talk about witness, and um, I regretted it as soon as I (laughs) offered it. Um, And that's because I'm not sure why I picked it. Well, I guess I do know why, but um, I... I struggle with witness, and witness and I have had some complicated feelings for each other. So I, it's actually um, my least favorite of the community practices, or it was. And um, every, I've been a part of this community for several years, and every time we would talk about these community practices, which we've been doing for a long time, I would really gladly be like, yes, I'm gonna commit my prayers, and my presence, and my gifts, and my service, and my witness, I guess. <laughs> and I, um, I think that I struggled with it because witness for me, um, what it had always meant 
or what it seemed to mean to me was um, like to, to tell people to come to church and to tell people to do certain things. And so I always was associated with people who have said to me things like, have you been saved by the Lord? You need to come to my church. And, or like, if you just come to church with me, like God's going to cure you and you're not going to be blind anymore. And I'm like, no, thank you. Like, that's not really my thing. <laughs> so um, I always thought of witness as that. And, and that's, I kind of thought of it as more like proselytizing um, under the guise of, of witnessing. And it just wasn't, I was never really sure how to do that. So that's not really my thing. Um, so to change topics slightly, I just want to say that like when I, over the past couple years, I've made some pretty big transitions and changes in my life. And part of that um, has been um, endeavoring to live life more authentically and live with integrity and, and also to just live out courage and um, to seek justice and um, to honor the people around me and to care for people and for the, the planet. And um, I'm working on that and it's kind of like <laughs> a struggle every day and I'm doing the best I can, but it's a work in progress. Um, but as I've been working on that, um, this community has been really important to me on that journey. And um, Hope Gateway has, one of the reasons that that's the case is because I, I come here and I feel like whenever I'm here, I'm challenged to do to do that, to live more authentically and to constantly be thinking of how I can better serve my community and how I can be a, a, better, a better person, how I can live into courage and kindness and justice um, and all of that. And that's part of it is because I feel like that's what we talk a lot about here, but also because I feel like this community is made up of people who are all trying to do that as well. So we're on this journey together. And that is, that is really comforting and also really exhilarating at the same time um, to be a part of a community like that. Um, so I um, have been thinking a lot about what witness means and why I picked it in the first place. Um, and after some thinking and some researching and reading, um, I really have kind of come to understand that witness is not so much about telling people how to believe. Um, it's not about proselytizing. It's not about saying certain things. It's also, I don't think, about doing certain things. But what it is about is really living out what you believe and just really um, trying to live that authentic life and live with integrity and really like live in a way that honors God and honors the people and the, the beings and, um, and the earth around you. And that's something that I'm already trying to do and this community is already trying to do. And it's really such a wonderful gift to be witnessing together as a community. And um, I guess what I've learned in this process in preparing to talk is that witness is not like, I didn't understand it really at all. It's something completely different than what I thought, and it's really a lot more beautiful. And I'm so grateful that this community um, really promotes that and tries really hard and with authenticity, and sometimes it's really messy, and I love that, right? Like, <laughs> life isn't always as simple and clean and clear-cut as you think it's going to be, and that's, that's the beauty of it, and this, this community embraces that. So I'm really grateful to have Hope Gateway in my life on this journey, so thank you.
Is it on? It's on. Okay. Most people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of nuclear war. <laughs> and I am, I am ashamedly part of them. <laughs> so I've had a bit of a monkey mind the last 10 days, so I wrote this down. I am here because of two retired pastors who became a presence in my life. There was a woman at the gym. She had a glow that radiated. Life is filled with wonder. She is my age, but she's always trying interesting things, like every single day. I can only describe her presence to me as somebody who was closer to God. She asked me if I wanted to go skiing with her. And even though I was slightly terrified, because <laughs> she's an excellent skier, I was all in. And uh, we talked a lot on our way to the hill. And I talked about my career, and she talked about hers. And that's where I found out she was a retired pastor. And I said, well, I have been looking for a church, but I just haven't found anything that really feels good. And she said, there's a church in Portland. I think you would like it. It's diverse. People of all ages, all economic situations, race and gender identity. But she said, if you go there, you are going to have to work. <laughs> the church is very active. And there is no sitting around, which I now see is true. <laughs> And then she said, it has a strange name, and I cannot remember it. <laughs> but, but if you ask around, you'll probably find it. Retired pastor number two. Barbara and I work together at Mass General. Barbara is a bit guarded, so she was not really enthusiastic about me wanting to get to know her. But... <laughs> But I picked her for her presence. And the presence I felt was her ability to always be there for her patients, no matter what. She always had compassion. She was smart. She was funny. And she came to work every day with a smile on her face. One day, Barbara went off to my dismay to Children's Hospital. And, what, uh, and Barbara, working there with all these sick young kids, one day Barbara said to herself, what these people really need is a pastor. And she went off to divinity school, leaving me a little perplexed. <laughs> <laughs> then she retired to the Wells Retirement Pastor Community. I was so excited to see her. Now, she had been here for a while, and she had not come to see me. And she said she was going to a church in Portland. And I said, like, I live seven minutes away. But I had to come here to meet up with Barbara. <laughs> to me, Hope Gateway is magical. Lately, I watched in awe as the church responded to Sarah's injury, turning by necessity into a less pastor-centric church, which had always been Alan and Sarah's vision. I could feel the presence of everyone, 
of everyone who's stepped up. I feel the presence of Christ in the wonderful songs and the communion. I feel the presence of Teresa serving and bringing Kleenex to somebody at the exact right moment. And last week for me, the singing of Hope Will Follow in your darkest hour, right when I was about to tell you of my cancer diagnosis. So here is the really incredible thing. My brother, we are 14 months apart in Oregon, told me last week on, on the phone that he felt my being part of Hope Gateway had grown my presence enormously. Peter had experienced that my energy had changed. So if it's happened to me, it has happened to all of you. And that is what I feel here, your incredible presence. This is truly a priceless gift. And so you're all living the tradition, just as written there. So we go out in the world, present to our God, our faith, our fellowship, our community, and that is the gift we give to the world. I'm going to be present for my cancer experience, and I hope to be present to others. One thing I know for sure is that after the very big th bad thing happens, grace follows in all kinds of amazing ways. But you have to be present to notice it. Hope Gateway has changed my life forever, and I love all of you. Not that I need this. <laughs> um, but this is more familiar, so maybe I feel a little bit higher comfort level at this point. Um, I'm talking about meditation and prayer today. And um, I'm coming from what might be considered a kind of a different perspective. When I'm here, I'm a Christian Taoist. When I'm across the street at the Tai Chi studio, I'm a Taoist Christian. <laughs> so, and I, and I love God's sense of symmetry. I've been going to that Tai Chi studio for 15 years. And guess what? My spiritual life was right across the street. Who knew? Who could have ever figured that out? And who knew I would move to Portland? But anyway, Taoism in its simplest form is um, it's the journey, not the destination. And that's a great oversimplification, but that's what Taoism is. It's in the present, in the moment, in yourself. And one of the 
big tenets of Taoism is meditation. And I have been uh, meditating. I took a meditation class 20 years ago. And so I have been meditating ever since. And one of the things that I have come to realize and that I've tried to share with all of my Christian friends is that meditation and prayer are essentially the same things. Uh, it's funny because once uh, I, wa I used to watch Peter Panagor on television, and once he said, um, when I pray, I invite God into my heart. And I thought, you, you know, you're not getting there the whole way because he's UCC, so Jesus and the Holy Spirit aren't as important to him as they are to us. Um, but when I pray, I invite God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit into my heart. When I meditate, I do that just the same way. And it becomes a part of how I approach uh, my prayer life and my meditation. <laughs> See, I call it the same thing, but it's, it's kind of how it works. And one of the things about that is that med <clears throat> meditation is accumulative. That is, more you meditate, the more good it does. The next time you meditate, like if you meditated today and you didn't meditate for a week, it would be as if you'd meditated every day for a week. So all the time you're meditating, you're gaining insight and you're gaining uh, a way to cleanse your spirit and to let it grow all on its own. The other thing is that, and, and this is really important and I hope I get it across well, is that we all pray individually to God as individuals. But when you're in a community like this, there's also the group of us who our prayers go up together and are much more powerful than the individual. And as a group, as a, a Christian community, we have much more strength and, and, and a much greater feeling for what we're doing than when we are praying alone. That's not to say that prayer, praying alone is bad <laughs> because uh, it's also important, but it's putting it all together that becomes really a, a powerful force and that's what I see in this church, is that we are all on the same page and we're all praying together as a church community. And that gives us a two-way street, our own prayer life and our group prayer life. And that is a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. Another part of that is that when, when I pray, I, I don't pray for God to intervene. It's like, don't fix, I don't say, God, please fix this right now because I'm in trouble. I always say God's will over my will because I don't know. I don't have a clue what 
the outcome is going to be. And by praying for God to help me, God to be there for us, God to guide us and, and, and be a, a force in our lives is much more powerful than saying, God, fix this, please. Um, the other thing is that Sarah, I knew her quite a while ago um, in the Old Orchard Beach Church. We're both Old Orchard refugees. Um, and one of the things that is so important about this church is her spirituality, which is leading us. I, I knew it 20 years ago, and I feel it just as strongly now that this church group led by her is just as strong as it possibly can be. And, and it gets stronger all the time because it builds on itself. So whether you call it meditation or whether you call it prayer, to me, it's the same thing and it accomplishes the same thing. thinking this is going to be better for me to have this podium here. <laughs> I'm Cassie and I attend the 9 a.m. service and um, so opposite. I, I know a lot of the faces but I don't know all the faces for this service. Um, speaking in front of a group isn't my favorite thing to do. <laughs> uh, Sarah asked if I could speak about service and I wasn't the person that quickly said, yeah, I'll do that. I um, said, well, let me think about this. And then I um, talked to my husband, and he's like, you can do that. And so I'm like, okay, it's sort of my thing. Service is sort of my thing. It's what I do. Um, I grew up in a family in rural Maine, and in rural Maine, that's what you do. You help your neighbors, and the community isn't necessarily the church. It's the community. And so we were tasked as children to shovel the elderly's driveway, to be kind to people in hardship, to help out in bean suppers, and that's what you did. It was expected. Everybody did it, and that, that's just what you did. Um, in whatever job I've had, I've always been the leader for community service projects. So I have led um, backpacks for school children in, in Iraqi school children after the war started. I've started a library or helped start a library in an orphanage in Acapulco. I've belonged to Project Linus for the past 20 plus years where we make blankets for sick and grieving children. Um, I started a program for uh, Sweetser where we make Christmas stockings for the residential teens. So I kind of felt like I've mastered service, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I do this. Then um, I started at Hope Gateway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what I learned at Hope Gateway is that doing these things without a personal touch is just lacking in some way. 
so we were doing stuffing stockings to give to homeless people. And Alan said, see them. Look them in the eye. And that changed everything for me. So when you give a dollar to a person and you just walk on or drive past, you've just given them a dollar. But when you give that person a dollar and you look them in the eye and you know that they see you and you see them, that dollar isn't just a dollar anymore. That dollar means that you care about them. And it's hard. And then you think about that person. And um, one of the things I didn't put in the, the 9 o'clock service was I was thinking about after is um, one of the things I started because of Hope Gateway is on Steve and I stop buying Christmas presents for each other and we take a couple hundred dollars in $20 bills and we go around to the dollar store on Christmas Eve to um, help somebody out that's there buying Christmas presents because you figure if it's Christmas Eve and they're buying Christmas gifts at the dollar store, they probably um, need some help. But what I do is I acknowledge that person and I go up and I talk to them and I lay a hand on them and I say, are you buying Christmas presents? And I get to know their story. And let me tell you, when you know their story, you don't just walk away. They become part of your prayerful life. They become part of your story. And it changes you in a way that I can't explain it. And I think um, many of you know exactly what I'm saying because that's what Hope Gateway does. They get us to step out of our comfort zone and to love each other. And um, before Family Promise, we, Sarah had come to me and said, we have a family that's sleeping in chairs at the warming center. And I can't remember exactly how it came about, but um, asked if I'd like to help them. Sure, of course I'd like to help. So many of you may know the Alberto family. And that was my first immigrant family that I helped that changed my heart. And they will, they're part of my story. And they make, the other thing is I have to tell you, I'm an emotional person, so <laughs> ignore my tears. I can't stop them. <laughs> Um, I still stay in touch with this family. I love this family. Um, and many that have come after them. So we've took in Palaji from Burundi, and she stayed in our home with us until she got a room. I still stay in touch with Palaji, who just got her residence, her permanent residence in Canada. And extremely happy about that because she's with her son and she's very happy. And Alexis, who stayed with us, 
We've got housing. He's now a lead accountant for Auto Europe. He's thriving. He's part of my story. And Josephine. And they go, it goes on and on. And then we started Family Promise. So today, after discernment, we turn Hope Gateway into a home. And that happens because of all of you. Family Promise is kind of unexplainable unless you've participated. And when I left the 9 a.m. service and I gave Teresa a ride home, she gave me a hug and she said, I can never explain in words family promise, but only the Holy Spirit can tell you what it means to me and my family. And it kind of sums it up. Uh, so family promise is part of my heart, is part of your heart, and it's a big part of Hope Gateway. And it's changed a lot of families. And it certainly changed mine. They've taught me how to love unconditionally and find joy in it. Hope Gateway is my spiritual home. And I love you all. And I feel the love back. And that's what we get from HomeGate. So one last, um, we, there are five, and the last one is gifts. I'm not gonna give you a testimony. <laughs> We've been um, talking about part of our focus on gifts for the past seven weeks, which is that we care for the earth and with our resources and use our resources well. The other is something that we talk about not just seasonally here at Hope Gateway, but that we are community together and that we financially give of what we have so that we all may have more. And it's kind of like Phil said, it's not just each of us doing it individually, but when we all do it together, it really makes a difference. So this is a Sunday when we are committing to life together. And this um, beautiful wall over here was white. And it was a little bit sad before 9 o'clock. But it was also a little bit beautiful. Because it's good to start with a clean slate, isn't it? That every year we make these commitments. And we haven't changed the commitments that we're making. And we also don't have it all down, right? Just because I've committed to these practices for the last 10 years or so doesn't mean that I'm there. I got it all, and it's all set. And um, so if there is something on this list that feels intimidating for you, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It also doesn't mean you have to do it. Today is a day that we invite you, that we all do it together as a community. But if you're not ready today and you're ready next week, you're invited to sign then. We
do life together. And this is an opportunity for us to make that commitment to God and to one another. Our um, core values are also over here on the wall, community, inclusivity, creativity, simplicity, and transformation. And our community practices of prayers, presence, gift, service, and witness, that's who we are. It's not just who we aim to be, it's also who we are here at Hope Gateway. So if you are ready today to make that commitment and to place your name on the wall, I invite you to do that as we come forward for communion. Um, There's some markers over in the jar and a ladder if you're up for climbing. And it's a beautiful thing to see us as community making that commitment together. So I invite you prayerfully to consider committing to Hope Gateway today. If you don't